1: for 20% off.
0: My name is Bryce Matthews, and this is the Deep and Lonely podcast presented to you by Houndsman XP. During this podcast, we will dive deep into what makes the ultimate, top-level, and unmatched extreme competition coon hunter. We will hear stories of old, tales of today, and we will dive deep into what separates the men from the boys. The stories will be raw, The truth will be told, and the camaraderie will be second to none. Pull up your chaps. It's about to get deep. Alright. Hot or not, remember the game? Yeah. (laughs) Remember the website? Hot or not, whenever you swipe, swipe on the pictures. <laughs> yeah. are, they, are they hot? Are they not? Yeah. All right, this is the deep and lonely version. Hot or not? Okay. Billy, I'm going to start with you. Okay. PKC. Hot. I wasn't ready. Oh, shit. That wasn't the question. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. PKC. <laughs> leash lock. Uh, I'd rather not be the leash locked. I want to keep cutting loose as much as I can. Okay, Billy says not. Kevin. Pro sport whole cast has to stay together
0: hot hot he likes it yeah i like it so you don't like whenever people can go and handle their own dogs no because you can get into a lot of problems
2: like that i feel like not all the casts, but i've been on a few casts where you get one guy that's going a mile to his dog and then everybody oh he wasn't there you know he's moved him and all this and so i'd rather everybody stay together okay
0: billy ukc having to finish with plus points
1: uh i mean i i prefer tree and coons but i could see like where issues are you know weather conditions or you know like in our area you're not going to tree a lot of coons three coons on a cast is a pretty good night so i think they should kind of switch a little bit like pkc so is it hot or not i'd say not oh he says not
0: interesting interesting all right, let's see if we can get one more out of here. What's another hot topic of controversy? Uh, It's not a hot topic of controversy, but this is one that I feel pretty strongly about. PKC or UKC, Kevin, either one. PKC. That wasn't the question. <laughs> <laughs> one hour casts. Not, <laughs> I'm the same way. I think a 90 minute is the minimum. Very, very minimum. Yes. Oh man, a one hour cast is tough. All right, that was a good way. That was a good way to bring it in, boys. All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. A little different way to start off this podcast. Welcome to the Deep and Lonely Podcast, presented to you by the Houndsman XP Network. I am your host, Bryce Matthews, and today I got two boys up here in Northern Indiana, traveled all the way down here, up here from Georgia. I got Mr. Kevin Collins and Billy Anderson. How you guys doing? Pretty good. How about you? I can't complain, man. Kevin, you good? Well, not really. My legs hurt from them hills last night. Listen, buddy, you're going to have to step it up. (laughs) You're going to hunt up here in Hoosier State. and This is flat. (laughs) This is flat ground. I don't want to see y'all's mountains then. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to see mountains, let's go to the dance hall. Hey, I like the dance hall. (laughs) The dance hall, guys, that is a place when people come up here to Monticello, you either love it or you hate it. There's a ton of coons in there, but it is straight up and down, which is kind of out of the ordinary for up here. Up here in northern Indiana, it tends to be pretty flat, but the dance hall, something about it, it's, it's a rough one. So, we're up here today talking with these gentlemen. They came all the way, like I said, from Georgia to the PKC Black and Tan Days event. And that's kind of going to be the topic of today's discussion. We're going to talk a little bit about the why. And if you guys listened to the journey with Heath Hyatt a couple weeks ago, he talked about the why they hunt him and B.B. We're going to talk about the why as far as a couple different breeds. And I think today we're going to stick with the Treen Walker Coonhounds and the American Black and Tan Coonhounds. We've got a couple guys here who, one of them, he plays for both teams. He <laughs> likes the Black and Tans, and he's converted to a Walker. we got another fellow here who is a 100% diehard Black and Tan man. And you got myself, who I would consider myself a Walker guy. If I, it just it is what it is. I'm a Walker guy. So we're going to talk about the why of this and kind of how they got into it, what made them attracted to these breeds, and in the sport of competition coon hunting, where those breeds are going and what sets them apart. So Billy, let's let's start out with you. Okay. The black and tans. How did you get into them?
1: Uh, I was actually just scrolling one day and I come across a dog. And he was in Georgia on uh, the UKC forum. And it was like the, like nobody could paint a picture better the way this dog looked. He was standing by himself, you know, all in front of these trophies. And it was a uh, rocket fuel. Uh, so I was like, man, that is just like, that's what I want my dog to look like. If I had to hand paint a dog jet black, shiny as it can be, I was like, that's the dog I want.
0: So, so, so that is what it caught your eye. No more, no less. A picture of a dog made you a black and tan man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kevin. You started out in the black and tans.
2: No, actually, I started out in the blue ticks.
0: Oh, oh, ouch.
2: Yeah, my dad's a big blue tick guy.
0: I didn't know that, honestly. Since I've met you a few years ago, you were packing a black and tan guy, so I always just assumed you were black and tan.
2: Well, I started hunting with Billy, and I really didn't have nothing to hunt. I had a little uh, blue female that I just wasn't too impressed with. She could tree coons, but she wasn't no competition-style dog. And uh, Billy had his joker dog. And we started hunting together, and he had another dog named Black that he was kind of pushing, and Joker got to the back burner, and we started, you know, both of us could hunt him. And uh, Billy would go in early for work, and I'm stooping and stay up all night. And uh, Billy would go home, go to bed, and I'd keep hunting that Joker dog. And, man, he, he turned out to be a really nice dog, so that's kind of when I stayed with the Black dog there. And uh, I got my sassy female and started pushing her some. So that's how I got got the black dog, was through Billy's Joker dog. But from uh, the age of 16 to about
0: 25, I hunted blue ticks. I did not know that about you. Yeah. T- that's interesting. <laughs> See, this is what, another part I love doing these podcasts. You learn stuff about people every single time. So <clears throat> the black and tans, they are the oldest dog in the registries, I believe, as far as the coonhounds. Like, they were the first registered breed of coonhounds. They've been along, around the longest. And we've actually got one laying right here on the bed next to us record, <laughs> recording this podcast in the hotel. we got a black and tan on one bed. we got a walker dog on the other bed. Two totally different style dogs. We've got the black and tan asleep over here, snoozing. And we got the walker dog who wants to join the podcast and, you know, eat up the mic here, being Kevin's buddy. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said about the different personalities in the dogs. What kind of personalities would you describe the black and tan breed as,
1: Billy? Um a lot of laid-backness. I mean, they're they're kind of chill for the most part, the ones I start, you know. I like a dog that has a great personality, not one that just is all business. Like, my Joker dog that Kevin hunted, like, I swore, me and Micah, because he was off of Batman. Micah, ju- Micah be Micah Ayers? I, yeah, I'd send him, like, Snapchats, him and me and Kevin in the yard. I'd throw a tennis ball. He'd jump in a pond and go get it and bring it back to me. And so, I love a good, like, smart dog that's just chill and that's what i've had good luck with so i just stuck to them
0: yeah and the, and the walker dog for me like i would say they're definitely more high strung yes um i've got a kennel full of walker dogs right now and some days they drive me a little crazy just <laughs> i mean pacing the kennel bouncing off the walls i've got a couple that are laid back but most of them are very high strung they, they're not chill. They, they wouldn't just be laying here like this um as far as the ones that are in my kennel now i have seen some that are more laid back but as far as the ones in my kennel they're, they're high strung so <clears throat> The black and tans, like I said, being the oldest coonhound regist- in their breed registries, do you think they have changed much over the years?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'd say they changed. I mean, they've got a little quicker, but I'm probably going to get hated for this. I feel like they, there's still a lot to go, you know, to compete with, you know, walker dogs, to be honest. I mean, a bunch of them don't start as early, and then they just don't – it's very hard to find a black dog that's got that gear and I mean I hate to say that but you know because that, that's what I'll hunt till the day I die but they just don't have so, most of them I've been with don't have that go it's like
0: right Kevin are you seeing the same thing
2: yeah I mean they they have the go but you know I cut that little walker dog loose and he's six tenths, seven minutes down there in Georgia was what you need with a coon and the, the black dog, not really serious just the bat, black dog, but all of them are just kind of, you know, holding back still three 400 yards from us, and we're walking six-tenths to him or seven-tenths to him, and I still got 45, 35, 45 minutes left to hunt and have a coon on them So I, I would say there are some that go deep. I mean, my
0: female, she'll go as deep as it takes, but she's not fast about doing it. Right, and, you know, with this being a podcast really around the sport of the competition side of dogs, Either you need speed, you need accuracy. It, it's a timed event where you treat the most coons. Who can do it the fastest and have the most coons? That's the name of the game. And if you look through the standings from now until if you went back, I guess, I don't know, 10, 15 years, the walker dogs have really been at the top of the lists. And that's not personal preference. That's looking at the numbers. What do you think, between either one of you, what do you think separates the walkers from the rest of the breeds and what this is a two part question and what drives you to continue to hunt the breed that you are so endeared to you want to go first Gavin? um i think what drives
2: people to keep hunting their breed is because they're steadily looking for that dog that's a freaking nature that is going to be that way that can we all want to be the walker dog i meant that's that's always been my goal is to draw a cast full of walkers and beat them you know and now here I am one of them guys <laughs> with the walker but I think that's what kind of keeps you always looking for something better faster that way you can you can um beat the walker dog because that's what we're all out to do
0: when we're not hunting one. Bill you got anything to add on that one?
1: Yeah I would say like he said you know I follow up with him but with the black dogs also you know, the walker dog guys, they're not afraid to get out there and venture off. Like, say you have a winner and Kevin has a winner. They're not afraid to, like, hey, you know, let's try something. That's where most black and tan guys, you got to be in, like, a clique. Like, I had that joker dog, you know, and he was grand night, grand show, grand water, grand field, PKC champion. I won, you know, There's there was times I'd sit him up for, like, you can ask Kevin, like, six months. I wouldn't pull him out of the kennel. I'd be like, hey, black and tan days in Ohio, I'm going to go i drive straight up or pull him out the box, double-cast wins. I couldn't pay nobody to breed to my dog. Like, the only litter he had was because I crossed. I was like, hey, I'll pay the whole litter up. I'll do whatever it takes to get this dog bred. And everybody was just like crickets. I'm like, reach out. There. Don't be afraid to try something. That's how you're only going better. Like, the walker guys, they're not afraid to. Like, you see them crossing everything. But the black and tan guys, they kind of stick to their little niches
3: the houndsman xp podcast is fueled by joy dog food joy dog food has a rich tradition of supporting the houndsman of america founded in 1945 joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the american houndsman and in 76 years there's never been a recall made with hundred percent american-made high quality ingredients
0: yeah, speak, speaking of crossing things, I saw later the other day, uh, it's going to be coming up here on Facebook, it was Logan Rose. He's got that Wild Dreaming Echo dog. He, you know, a walker dog's done a ton of winning, and they crossed it on a squirrel dog, on a cur. Yeah. Because they want to better their squirrel program as well. And, I mean, like you said, do you think that would happen with, like, a black and tan? Do you think you could take a, a black and tan, a blue tick, a red bone, an English? Do you think you're going to see guys reaching out, like, you know what, I see a trait in that dog, I'm going to cross it on something that's not even a hound really yeah. it's a curve. do you yeah. do you think you'd see that uh in the black and tan probably not so so what makes what makes it that way has it been like that from the beginning of time is it something that is breed specific do you see it more in the black and tans because i feel like the black and tan group those guys really are the die hard guys
1: yeah they yeah. are they're not going to they're not going to outcross. I mean, there was a one guy that did. He posted it on one Facebook, and it was like hundred and something comments just bashing him. Like, hey, he's trying something, right? If you go, you go to UKC Black and Tan Days. That is a
0: big event. Guys come out of the woodworks. They are there for the week. They their yearbook is top notch. Yeah, you know the Black and Tan Association does it does it very well those guys are just die hard. So do you think it's going to be that way? And if you're a black and tan man, that's what you are. Would you – Kevin, would you – do you feel like you got any crap for maybe stepping away from the black and tan breed?
2: No, not really because I got super lucky and went straight into winning and then all the Walker guys, you know, become my friend and invite me out to dinner and everything else. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I'm sure there was guys out there that I didn't know, you know, anyways that were like – Look at him, he's done cross
0: defense, but I don't care. I like a winner. Right. So, Billy, you started out, um, obviously, with the black and tan because it was painted like a picture. That's how you loved it. Do you ever think, like, I guess part of the reason that I am drawn to the walkers, I'd say, is the diversity in them. You can get a litter of walker dogs, a litter of six, and they all look different. Yeah the black and tans they to me they all look the same. Can you guys like tell the difference if you if you're a black and tan guy and you see a, a puppy posted wherever, can you look at that dog and see what line it's out of because I feel like willy dogs, you can tell them. Bushwhacker dogs, you can tell them. You can just look at a pup, uh, you know, rodeo and you can tell what line they're out of. Can you guys do that in the black and tans?
1: Uh, yeah. Some lines, not a lot of lines like Some of your dogs out in Mississippi, they're going to come with a little thicker black coat, like kind of, I wouldn't say coarse hair, but it's just thicker. And then like, you know, there's a few other dogs that are known for throwing high tan, monkey face dogs So, with a few lines you can tell, but most of them, it's kind of dissimilar. So
0: the winter classic down in Batesville, Mississippi is a hunt that I feel is very interesting to me because It seems like the walker dogs don't do great down there. It usually is uh, a different breed that wins, and the black and tans have a good showing down there. What do you think the difference is between the southern hunts and and the northern hunts? Do you think that there's a larger concentration down south? Do you think the dogs do better down there for a certain reason?
1: Most dogs, like when we come up here, we love coming up here. You You can hit a track up here pretty quickly. You know, down south where we're from, and the site, the further you get, you got to go. You got to have something that will go, reach out there and grab something. And I think that's kind of helps us a little bit. Advantage, not this week though.
0: <laughs> so, but we go back to what we were talking about earlier. With you know, Kevin said his dog will be point six in seven minutes going deep. That that's not the case that I've seen at like the Winter Classic hunt. You know, yeah, it kind of contradicts itself. Do you think do you think the black and tans keep a colder nose on them?
1: Uh yeah, for sure. There's not many hot not not that I've had many hot nosed black dogs. I mean, there might be some that run roads and they say they're hot nose, but they're just, you know, trotting through there. I haven't had a hot nose black and tan. And I've owned a good many of them so far.
0: Is that is that something you, you would like to breed more for? Would you like to breed for a hotter nose?
1: Uh, no, I kind of like, I like one to hunt as soon as I cut them loose. I've won a lot of cast, you know, with my dog just kind of popping coons up behind others. So I, I don't want them to straddle a track and sit there and bog on it all night. He needs to, they need to be able to move it, you know, and roll with it. But I also don't want one just blowing through and skipping past some coons.
0: Right. And, you know, I've said that for a long time now with the way that these hunts are going and the way these dogs are being bred, the motors in them are just getting bigger and bigger, and I I do see that across all breeds. I think there are, as a whole, they're hunting harder. Right. You know, maybe one breed hunts harder than the next, but as a whole, if you watch them grow, they're all they're all hunting harder. They're hunting harder. The dogs are hunting harder, and our hunting ground is getting smaller. So you know, we have been trying for years to breed speed into these things. Off the recuts, get gone quick, go find one, and now we're running out of places to put them. You know, my dog the other night he was 1.81 miles from where I lost him on the Garmin, heading right towards the highway. And to me, that's too much motor. Yeah. You know, how many coons did he pass up between the first coon that he treed and where I picked him up off on US 24? How many coons did he pick, pass up? Do you think that's something that we're going to be seeing in the competitions people breeding for is trying to slow that motor down? Kevin, do you, do you see that happening?
2: I can definitely see where they might try to put a little bit of nose back into the dogs. Um because like you said, how many coons that dog get by that at the house I would say he probably passed about one, but up here <laughs> he probably he probably passed about ten. So I can definitely see where they'd put more nose
0: not a whole lot, but a little bit more nose back into the dog, maybe. Yeah, I was uh I was down at the tournament of champions this year and I was really impressed with uh with one walker dog that we we cut them all loose right down the field edge. There was just a little finger, a fence row of trees. Three dogs went deep in the woods, and this old boy come kind of tree thirty yards from us. And we all kind of looked at each other, and we're like, "What's going on here?" You know. And sure enough, he had a coon. I mean, that dog hunted right where, literally, right where we cut him. I mean, he must have smelled that thing coming down the road out of the out of the box. <laughs> but it was it was interesting because you don't see that very often. You see a lot of these dogs trying to get in there, trying to get away from other dogs to go before they before they start hunting. You know. Um, I do, I like that trait. I was impressed with that trait, that he was able to jam that coon right out of the truck. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because in these one-hour casts, I mean, you got you need to get on one quick if you're going to do anything, you know, especially if you're striking low. I mean, you need really two or three coons um, in a one-hour cast. That's why I prefer about,
0: you know, six hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's go back to the one-hour cast thing. Um, you know, I brought that up in that hot or not because – The one-hour cast, to me, I feel like is where, A, there's a lot of pressure in those, even in a local hunt, because there's not a lot of time. Everybody's gunning for that first strike. They're trying to get the high strike. Everybody knows they need to have at least two coon in an event like this where they're taking the final four. Uh, You know, how many dogs we hunt last night? 41 dogs? 41, yeah. We hunted 41 dogs early. And the, the top four scores out of all those casts were the only ones who made it into the, the decent money in a one-hour cast. Um, I feel like there's a lot of pressure in those. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where maybe you get some more controversy and a little little uh, stiffer feelings in some of them because guys want to hear their dog quick, they want to get struck, they want to get treated, and they want to get recut. Do you guys see that where you guys are at?
1: Yeah, for sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people strike in that minute, too, and – down south where we're from, if a dog's striking in a minute, he's probably fixing a to minus. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like, not unless you're going to somebody's com- buckets, you know. Or I got a little spot me and Kevin hunt it's called the man. Ca- I call it the man cave, and you can strike a dog there in a minute. But we've been turning coons loose in there for what? A oh, while. Wow. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, there's a lot of coons. I feel like up here, I mean, if
0: that's just the name of the game, you just strike him in a minute yeah. because. I, haven't, I have not seen a person get minus for striking under the minute more than probably five times in the last three or four years. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not whole case. Where... I'll minus them in a heartbeat at the house. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like I said, those one-hour casts, you've got to be quick. you got to be on the gun. And to me, I feel like a 90-minute cast is perfect. Two hours, sometimes I feel like it gets to be a little drug out, a little too long. The dogs can get spread out a little further than you want them to. It takes bigger areas to hunt. The hour is so short. It is so competitive. Last night, we were sprinting to dogs. We had dogs spread out in the early round, and it was a hustle to get there. You know, guys wanting to get recut. Um, So I I do find that, you know, I I think the one-hour cast, to me, is just a little too short, and I'm glad that I'm not the only one who feels that way. Yeah.
2: Yeah, especially, you know, if you get leash locked, then you're, you know, you're walking, I'm trying to think. uh, Wednesday night, we got leash locked, three dogs on a lead, walking to – breaking treat in there, I think he was probably like seven, eight hundred yards or something like that. And you gotta walk that ways on the lead and then you gotta get in there and find his coon and all and then that's just that much of that hour your dog wasn't hunting when most of the time you need to be hunting.
0: Right. And so for the, our listeners who don't know what leash lock is, uh, in PKC you can do like like excuse me. Just like what the the term says leash lock where all the dogs are locked onto the lead. If all four dogs are declared treed at the same time, you cannot turn loose another dog. So, you know, if you've got three dogs treed and the fourth one is still trailing, the first dog to get scored can be recut with the opportunity to go score another coon, then to the second one, then to the third. But if that fourth dog comes treed while all the other three are still being treed in, you can't turn loose. And that is a game changer when it comes down to certain situations. Yeah.
1: That that can throw a monkey wrench in your plans real quick. <laughs> it,
0: it can, if you, you know, if you are struck for a quarter, your lowest strike, treat for a hundred first, and then you end up getting leash locked. I mean, in one hour to cast, you're you're hurting. Yeah, you're it, pretty much done. <laughs> you don't get a chance to go score another coon. You don't get a chance to open up. Now, if you if the dogs are pretty close, maybe you get lucky and the strike reopens. But I don't see that happening yeah. a lot.
2: No, that don't really happen too much. Uh I like it when it does get opened back up by like that though. Maybe mine's got a he's done smelt one behind us and he's trying to get to it. I can
0: get him struck back in. So, all right, let's get let's get off that topic of the one hour cast, leash locks and all that. Let's go back to the black and tans. And I'm gonna say the walkers. Let's go back to those two dogs and let's talk more about the passionate side of it. I am passionate about the walker breed. I like to see it. I like to see them improve. I like to see the different crosses people are making. And Billy, I'm sure you're the same way. You like to see the same things in the black and tans. Yeah. I got started in the walker dogs as a young kid running deer dogs down in North Carolina with my granddaddy. That's what he had. He had a pack of walkers, uh, hunting with them since the time I was a little boy. Going into the coon dogs, I just stanced into getting a walker dog. First dog I was looking for, I found him on Craigslist. It was a walker dog. Perfect. He'll tree a coon. <laughs> and I kind of just fell in love with that dog. And that's kind of what made me set the the walker as my breed of choice, the black and tans for you, did you ever get to hunt with anything other than coons on them, or did the coon dog black and tan really do it for you?
1: Yeah, I started out uh, with the coon dogs, but uh, probably like three years ago, I, I ventured into bear hunting down there in Fargo, Georgia, which is like on the Okefenokee Swamp, and uh, I've seen some black dogs, but mostly like plots on them, walker blue tick mixes but they have a few black dogs in their mix and it's pretty fun that's intense
0: (laughs) so do you do you think that the the black and tan breed is versatile like that as far as the big game hunting out west you know like shorty does the bear hunting where you guys are out on the east coast um anything like that do you think they're a versatile breed like that
1: yeah a hundred percent i have i had a dog named black and i bred him to uh one of gene hicks's females that he owns with a guy named glenn samples down in our area and he uh, took three of them somewhere. And made they said they made pretty nice bear dogs and lion dogs, but I never got to hunt with them. That's my next trophy hunt. I don't want to kill me a mountain lion.
0: Absolutely, me too. I'm but a black dog's bad. got to be at least in there. I don't care
1: if it's on the leash the whole time. Just let him be in there somewhere.
0: <laughs> okay, so the what I've kind of seen is that I know a few guys who are in the Walker breed. They've had a litter of dogs, and let's say they have eleven or twelve in that litter. There's just there's a lot of dogs there that they need to unload. They don't all go to coon hunters, um, even if they're from the coon hunting line. Sometimes I've seen them go to big game hunters, and they've done well. They've succeeded. Do you do you think that would fly with the black and tan breed? You know, you kind of said there's a niche in there, and guys don't like to do different stuff. Do you think a guy who has a hardcore coon dog would like to see his pups being raised and trained on something else?
1: Um. I can't speak for everybody, but I don't think so. But I've had, you know, I've had a guy come and breed his deer dog, a uh, Walker female, to my other dog, Black, and he loved them deer dogs. But he's like, you should get one. I'm like, man, I, I'm all right. I'm gonna stick to my Kuna and right. I got too many hobbies now.
0: So, Gavin, you recently switched. Like I said, I didn't realize you were a blue tick guy. I'm not going to hold that against you. And I'm not going to hold that against any of our listeners who are blue tickers. I understand. It's okay. One day you'll switch to walkers, too. But you were a black and tan guy when I met you. And now the recently last couple years, well, year and a half, I guess, you are toting around a pretty nice little walker male. Tell me how you found this dog. Tell me what got you intrigued in it. Tell me what made you want to switch to the good side. Is it good to you? Is it good to you? Um, I uh, come up here, and
2: I, of course, met you and Duel and all them, and Duel was hunting Melvin, and I uh, become friends with him on Snapchat and just kind of kept up with Melvin. And, um, you know, Duel would go to Louisiana, pull Melvin out of the box, had a Pro Classic, win it, leave there, drive to Oklahoma, pull Melvin out, win it, leave there, go to Texas, win it. And I was like, man, you know, if I, if I had to have me a dog, I want something that I can put in the truck and drive to North Indiana and pull him straight out of the box and win and uh, so I just kind of kept up with him and uh, they bred him I think to Piper first and I had talked to Johnny Watkins about a pup and I don't know I was like oh man my dad finds out I'm getting a walker you know I might be out of the I might be out of the <laughs> wheel here so I, t- I told Johnny I wanted a pup and then I kind of backed out and um, just went some time went by and they bred to the fire dog talked to johnny again i was like do you have a male he said no i have one female and i said well i really don't want no female um i was looking for a male and just kind of really forgot about it and i was in missouri duck hunting and johnny i can't remember if he called or text me i think he called me and uh I literally answered it, put him on speakerphone, and started calling some, we had some mallards working, started calling them, and really was halfway paying attention to him, but I heard him say that he had, you know, a male Melvin and fire pup that I wanted, and I just pretty much said, yeah, I'll take it, send me a text how much I owe you, and I'll send you the money, and that was, kind of forgot about, it was a spur of the moment thing that happened, and uh, so he sent me, told me how much I owed him and all, paid him, and then I had a dog caller from right there close to me that was close to um, Johnny. And I texted him, I said, Hey, do you think she could pick him up for you? Still hadn't told my dad, you know, there was a walker uh, coming to me. And uh, he said, Yeah, she, you know, he's eating good and all that. I think he was six weeks old, seven weeks old. And uh, so she picked him up. She, uh, let's see, I think she had to, uh, had a flat tire or something in Louisiana. And like I said, I can't, he was six or seven weeks old. And she called me, and she was like, "Kevin, uh, this dog is standing on the side of this uh, building barking. I don't know what's wrong with him." So I was like, ah, "I don't know either, you know." <laughs> so I was like, "Do you see?" You know, in my mind, of course, I'm thinking, "Hey, I hope he's got a raccoon up there." But I was <laughs> like, you, "Do you see anything like in the building?" She's like, "Well, I took him back, you know, by the van, and he come right back over here and started barking again. And there's a house cat." And I said, "What? Well, you think he's treating that house cat?" <laughs> She's like, I think so. I was like, oh, put that joker back in the van. Don't let him <laughs> out till you get him here. <laughs> and uh, so I was pretty excited when she called and you know, told me that. Because I was like, man, this little dog, he's already looking to get treed. I'm about to have something. And I got him. And, and of course, my dad, uh, I, he, was, he was giving me a hard time. You know, he wasn't mad. He, uh, actually, he, he likes old Jameson now. But um, he's, I can't believe you got a walker, blah, blah, blah. And I had actually, Billy and them put on a legacy hunt, and I hunted Brett Lynn's Lena dog there. And everybody was giving me a hard time with her, but I got her in the second night of the legacy hunt. Um, so he had already been giving me trouble about that. And then we uh, joked around, told him I was going to get a tattoo of a walker dog <laughs> and have walker for life put under <laughs>
0: it. Have you done that is that task completed
2: uh, no I
1: keep trying to talk him into it
0: <laughs> Join my <by> rot rollers <laughs> it, it looks like Billy has held up his end of the deal <laughs> Billy's got him now
2: Billy's got him I'll tell you what he's got a raccoon he's I see acorns right now too I didn't even
0: I ain't even <laughs> notice the acorns on the arm <laughs> so let, let's talk through this sleeve what you got going on here you got a, a looks like a tree going up your whole arm yeah you got a big old raccoon at the top. And two rock wallers. Yeah, you got rock looking things at the bottom. Look like baby birds. They got their mouths open, like wanting to be fed. Like maybe that coon's gonna drop an acorn or something down in there.
1: They it, got lucky on this
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty impressive. It is a full sleeve from wrist to shoulder. Billy is uh, immersed in the black and tans. I don't think you... Well, we might be able to shade some white in there one day if we want to get you into the walker side of things. But yeah, there's two black and tans here, Trina Coon, on the side of Billy's arm. It is impressive. It is a full sleeve. And, you know, I'm going to say that it's cool, but not as cool as the walker dog I have on my arm. So we, we talked about, you know, being immersed in it. Billy's got his Rottweiler-looking things. I've got the oversized beagles, the Holsteins, whatever you want to call them. We've both got our tattoos here of the dogs that we are partial to, and Kevin, he's playing the fence. He's yeah.
1: he's got nothing going on here. I might have a red Bull next week. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, our buddy in South Carolina, Mac McClanahan, he's a diehard black and tan man. He always gives me, you know, trouble for that one. He's like, oh, that high tan dog. He lo- he likes some, you know, darker yeah. than that. <laughs> yeah. And then I got my wife and my initial. Ca- like it's carved in the tree. Oh, it right is. There. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That, so that it looks like a heart in there, and then HB right inside the tree. Yeah, that is awesome. Now he's got. So he's got black and tans on one arm, and he's got a Chevy emblem on the other arm. <laughs> yeah. What happens whenever you hop in Kevin's Toyota?
1: I hold on. <laughs> if you ride with Kevin, you're gonna hold on. <laughs> he's not buying mirrors daily for a reason.
0: <laughs> we don't. We don't do a lot of walking. <laughs> Oh, God, no, it's good. Uh, so, let's go back to Jamison Kevin. You got him at six weeks old. He was treeing house cats on the side of a building. What What has he done to get where he is now? How old is he? Just under two? Uh, yeah, I think he's uh 17 or either 18 months old. And, and you've done quite a bit of winning with him already for the limited amount of hunts that you've put him in.
2: Yeah, he's, he's, he's gotten lucky.
0: So, walk, walk us through this. Like, what was the process of, of him? What did you see in him that made you keep pushing? Just natural?
2: man just i mean i hate i feel like i'm beating a dead horse because you know everybody's oh i got this most natural dog blah, blah blah but it billy can tell you i mean we were we cut him loose one night he was four and a half months old just to kind of walk with us we were looking at fish on the beds in a creek and this joker loads up about 100 150 yards behind us at four and a half months old and comes treed with a raccoon i mean so it's just all downhill from there it's just oh, as natural, I wish every puppy I could have would be, you know, as natural as he is.
0: I have never got that lucky. I have tried my hands at several puppies, and I haven't found a natural one yet. You might need to buy you a black and tan.
1: Yeah, come on over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I, If I brought, brought a black and tan home without it – or. Before I brought a red bone home, I don't think uh, Nikki would be very happy with me. I, I think she likes old Lefty pretty good. She does like Lefty. Okay, so let's talk. Let's talk about Lefty for a minute. Let's talk about this dog. So Lefty come from Chad McCoy, uh, his Black River kennel line of dogs. Lefty to me, what I've seen is a Walker dog painted black. That sucker moves. He's got a decent mouth on it, pretty good mouth really, pretty good mouth. He likes to have his coons. But he's got that motor that you were just talking about. Yeah, Is Lefty a phenomenon in the black and tan breed?
1: Yeah, you don't really, like I said, you don't see many with the motor. And everybody's like, oh, I got the motor, I got the motor. But, I mean, we're we're at PKC black and tan days. How many black dogs are here?
0: There's not very many. Yeah,
1: I I got one and she won't get off this bed, so. (laughs) I need some motor somewhere. Maybe stop by Napa.
2: Another thing, too, is, I mean, if you have a dog up here that has a motor that can hit these
1: field edges and, you know, just
2: kind of run them, when you put them in the woods down there with us, I mean, I'd I'd still want one to go just like if he was on these field edges up here. And uh, if there's one out there, I don't know, somebody let me know because I'd like to buy it.
3: The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm going to run through them real quick. You've got the Rogaroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Rogaroo on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors, it's got walking lights, it's got the red, the green, the amber, it's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning, to coon hunting at night, to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it, and that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajuns' top-rated customer service. Check out Cajun lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com, go to our sponsors page, hit that link, it'll take you right to Cajun lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun lights.
0: So, Lefty, he's done a lot of his winning like that, just hitting an edge, gone, ambushing a coon. He's the black dog that you could pull out anywhere, and I think he's proved it from anywhere in the country because he was raised here in northern Indiana, uh, bought down there by Mr. Ikeraney in Florida, went down to Florida, and has been hunting real close to you guys, right? Yeah, he just beat me
2: last Saturday night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, he went from northern Indiana down to Florida, up to Georgia, and he's winning everywhere in between.
2: Yeah, they had a week-long memorial hunt down there with Brett Denny. And I'm pretty sure, I think he won every single night down there. Um, the best I can remember, I think he won every cast. So that I mean,
0: that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, that's nice. If If you are a black and tan man and you've got a female coming in, you see this dog that is putting on clinics everywhere he goes. He is a known winner. He's got what you're looking for. Is pride too much to go breed to him because he's not out of your stuff?
1: No, I actually. Me and Kevin talked on the way here, and I was like, "Dude, if, I, I might see what it's about crossing Mindy on him because she's a very quick dog, and she she gets open quick for like black and tans. Normally, kind of lower end strike dogs. I can carry a hundred or mostly a hundred, but I'll carry seventy five every now and then with her. And I'm like, she moves good. You know, she has her coon so if she comes in, I'm probably gonna stick her to lefty but it's so hard to get rid of pups like i hate getting rid of puppies i only bred one litter out had her and my joker dog and it's like i don't know if i want to go through that trouble
0: <laughs> do, you, do you think the black and tan breed will do the same though do you think they will look at him for their next stud option or do you think that it's like you said it's such a niche and a click that eh, he's not at our stuff we're gonna keep trying to do what we've been doing for years
2: i think they'll keep trying yeah. i don't think unless you know unless they're and nothing against anybody, but unless they're in that little clique with probably, you know, the Black River stuff, they probably won't buy nothing.
0: I don't, and to me, it's that's just hard for me to fathom because, like I said, I'm, I'm a walker guy, and, and heck, they're crossing A to B and C to D and E to F. Yeah. You know, it's anything and everything, and it seems like if you throw in, there's that old adage, you know, if you throw enough on the wall, something's going to stick. Exactly.
2: <laughs> well, I just bred my uh, sassy female to the smoking Dan dog. All because everybody told me not to just to see what would happen because everybody I talked to, you know, they did. it wasn't in there. They were wanting to line breed and breed to their stuff. And But he had one pup on the ground when I bred, and I think it was a male pup like six or seven, eight weeks old, something like that. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to breed to him because, I mean, Dan's, he's done his fair share he, of winning. He
0: has. Before Lefty was really on the map. Dan was what I would consider probably your lead in black and tan.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he so, was he was getting his name and picture token.
3: Houndsman XP Podcast Network is sponsored by Onyx. The most comprehensive mapping system in the world is available by going to onxmaps.com and downloading their app. Several subscription offers there. Highly recommend you use an Onyx. And here's a true story for you. We've all got that spot where when we turn our hound loose at night, they're going to head that direction. Well, the other night, my hounds headed in a direction for that property that had recently sold. I had no idea who owned that property. I simply opened up my Onyx app, found the landowner information, cut the dogs off, and the next day, I went to their house. And not only did I get permission to hunt there, I think I made some new friends. They are beef farmers, and they do not like Raccoons running through the feed bunks, leaving their mess behind. Yeah. Go to onyxmaps.com and download the app today at checkout. Make sure you use the promo code HXP20 and get 20% off. When you join us on Patreon, you will get a discount code for a deeper discount on Onyx Maps. Know where you stand with Onyx. Do you think that it
0: takes a certain person to push what i and i hope people don't take this the wrong way but to push an an off colored dog in the big hunts and and be that dynamic duo
1: yeah i i don't know you'll get stones thrown at you pretty much for like having a black dog on the cast like it's always you'll hear oh a black dog like as soon as i pull one out the box it's like yeah i'm here to waste some money
0: <laughs> yeah and, and so the, what I'm, i guess what i'm asking on that one is like I feel like a Walker dog. It, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to come off the wrong way here, but I feel like when they are pulled out, a Walker every Walker dog, everybody are like, okay, they have a decent shot at winning. Mm, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter who's behind the dog. It doesn't matter the handler calling the shots, striking and training the dog. That doesn't matter. Yeah. But I feel like with the black dog, like if I were to pull a black dog out of the box, nobody would look at it as you know, all right, whatever. What's Bryce doing? If Duel Murphy or Michael Ward or dustin weed pull a black dog out of the box it's like oh yeah what is it it's turning heads yeah Mm -hmm. you know do you think that does play a difference do you think people people in the black and tan breed will look at it different do you think they will accept it more if there's a bigger name handler pushing the dog
1: i don't know because dan's still not getting that that you know recognition he deserves to be honest i mean he's probably he bred sassy you know and then probably what i think Brett said two more females?
2: Uh, yeah, Brett's got two at his house, and I think one of them just had, he called me yesterday and said uh, three or four puppies. So she that'll be, you know, three different litters that Dan has on the ground, but they're all young.
1: So, I mean, uh, black and tan, this one, you know, 50,000 plus, they should be beating down his door, really. I mean, like, hey, why not try it? Right. Because I was uh, looking at the form on the way up here, and I was like, I, I joked with Kevin, I was like, Man, to be in the PKC Hall of Fame for black and tans, it's got i – don't quote me on this now, but I think it had to be like a gold champion and the pup earnings had to be so high. <laughs> I was like, Kevin, they're fixing to, to lower that, you know, because nobody's out there really pushing any black dogs, you know, hardly.
0: So, on top of that, do you think there's a difference in guys that run the black dogs in the PKC registry more – than the UKC and the guys that run it in UKC more than PKC.
1: Yeah, I think there's a difference in people uh, for sure. Like, I mean, you'll see a, a good bit in PKC, but like, for instance, PKC Black and Tan days, I think me, Jeff Nelson's up here, uh, Greg's up here, and I, I seen Rex uh, Robinson last night. Yep, he's here. I saw him when I was walking into the hotel. So, I mean, that's not. Hey, don't forget me now. I got a black dog. Not here with us. I tried to tell you to bring her. Uh, he's in the box, son. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Dan, I forgot about Dan. <laughs> my bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, Kevin's playing both
1: cards. So, I yeah. had a black
0: dog early round, a walker dog late round.
1: <laughs> but then you got UKC Black in tan days, and it's like, you know, like, hey, guys, come on over here, you know, don't be afraid to. Come try PKC Black and Tan Days out.
0: That's that's the point I was
1: getting at. Is UKC
0: Black and Tan Days? I mean, you got guys in there campers that are there all week long. It is an event. Yeah, there are black their dog. There's more black dogs there than I would know, know what to do with. You or PKC Black and Tan Days were here. We've got what maybe ten. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe ten for the the whole country in PKC. Maybe ten dogs are here. Walker Days at both events. I feel like draws a pretty good crowd. Yeah. Why? Why do different breeds not travel? I guess with one registry as much as the other.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I I hate for people to be like, oh, I don't have time or money because, I mean, I'm not the richest man out there. You know, I, I work every day, and then I just had a, my first child, so it's like, Kevin sees me when we wake up on Facetime. And I'm like, but hey, I'm out here trying, like, right?
0: Because you want to push. You want to push that yeah. breed. You want to get your picture taken. We were talking last night, you know, right before the late round, and you were, and don't, don't take this the wrong way, Billy. Yeah. You were like, God, I'm so frustrated. Like, I just want to win. Like, I just want to win.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's what I come here. For. I mean, I come here to meet. I'm glad I met you. And, you know, everybody else is cool to talk to and meet with. But I come to win, too, you know. Right. So it's like, oh, uh, come on. And I know what she can do. And she's just making me eat my words this week
0: <laughs> do you ever feel like you're beating your head against the wall
1: yeah all the time <laughs> <laughs> and you continue to do it yeah i'm insane
0: <laughs> so all right black and tan days this week let's run through it you guys got here on wednesday what have you been what's been your experiences so far like you've had good hunting good cast good guides well, we've drew each other twice. So. <laughs> twice? I thought you just drew each other on Wednesday.
2: The early round. We got here Wednesday, um and we drew each other early last night. No, late last night. Yeah, late last
0: night Oh I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I was so busy doing what I was doing, I didn't even realize you guys drew each other.
2: Yeah, so but no, we've been in good hunting. We've um early round Wednesday night we drew each other and I think we scored on five or either six coons in yeah, an six hour. Coons. So
0: that's pretty good. So you mean to tell me you guys drew each other bo- late round last night and neither one of you won? Yeah. We suck. Guys, <laughs> we, I mean, can't, hey, we can't even beat up on somebody else. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, come on now. This is the buddy system. You know, that's what these comp hunts are, according to a lot of people. It's just the buddy system.
1: Yeah, I told Kevin to distract him. I'll run and grab everybody's dog and put him in a doll box. That way he can win. Man,
0: I, I hate that that is the stigma that a lot of these compounds get get from guys who don't do it. And I just want them to know, like, you know, these two guys drive 14 hours together. They come up here, they draw each other, and they didn't win. They didn't sh- screw anybody, they didn't buddy system anybody. The best dog on that cast one. I'm assuming. Yeah, There wasn't no shady stuff. It was just good hunting. Yeah, it was all but yeah. the hills. If I hear one more thing about hills from you. <laughs>
2: well, let me tell you. Well, I told Johnny Watkins today, I texted him and told him that Jameson had got, I got him struck and for for 100, and I knew something was wrong because it was only 430 yards, but there was four hills in between us, but he was over there, and what? I've never seen a hole with a rock inside of a bank or a hill, whatever you want to call it. So I told Johnny he was in a cave. Johnny <laughs> takes me back, laugh out loud, a cave? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I don't know what do you call that. I mean, that's a hole in the hill. Yeah, I mean just the
0: hole inside of the ditch, the ditch bank.
1: I don't know. It went back there, man. There was all kind of little holes. Yeah. I'm. A, I'm going to go with a cave. <laughs> me too. That when sounds I, cool. Yeah. It? When, it's when a I better thinking, story, when I think of
0: cave, I'm thinking something I can put my spelunking gear on and like go down in there and you know have my wheat light. And... <laughs> well, I wish you would have last night. You might have could have found my coon. <laughs> so we've, we've got two more nights. We've got tonight, Friday night, tomorrow, Saturday night. Tonight is the all black hunt. Uh, are you both hunting in that one? Yes, yeah. Sir. So what is the? And fill me in on this one because I really don't know. What is the top prize here for the all black hunt is this like your pkc
1: breed champion yep. yes sir okay and how many dogs
0: you guys expecting to have on that
1: <clears throat> i asked jeff last night and he said probably like eight to ten so all right kind of disappointing if you know you, I- if
0: you black and tan guys are listening you've got to come out and support your breed yeah it's very important it's like that for blue tick guys if you want to support the blue tick breed go to your blue tick breed hunts english guys red bones everybody needs to support their their breed and I enjoy seeing somebody with a passion about a breed like I have. It's nice in all breeds to see people who are like, you know what, I'm a diehard blue tick guy. I'm going to ride this train until the wheels fall off. Just like you, Billy. I'm a black and tan guy. I'm going to ride this train until the wheels fall off.
1: Yeah, what's the worst happens? I already got a black dog. So.
0: <laughs> but then but then we got guys like Kevin who just, you know, they just want to win yeah. right now. All uh, right, guys, well, I hope you know that you know, this is all just fun and games. We're just having a good time doing all this. We do not think that one breed is better than the other, even though we all know walkers are better. <laughs> <laughs> walkers for life. <laughs> now, this this has just been a fun conversation. Like I said, we talked in the last podcast that a lot of it is, is killing time at these hunts. You know, we go to these hunts and cooped up in a hotel room. We've got time to kill until it gets dark and we're going to go out there and hunt until five, six in the morning. So this is just fun. It's a good way to interact with people. You know, learn a little bit about them. Learn a bit about the breeds that they They love to follow and about, you know, what makes them tick and what they think they're going to do in the future. So I hope you guys will think about, you know, looking elsewhere outside of your own lines. If you're in, if you find yourself in that cycle where you're doing the same thing over and over for years and years, look elsewhere, you know, support those dogs in your breed who are doing well to better the breed, whatever breed that may be. Uh, But like I said, Billy, Kevin, I appreciate you guys sitting down, hanging out with me today. It's been a good time um we're gonna go out here and grab a little dinner and then i guess we're gonna go to this black and tan meeting is that the plan oh yeah yeah. we're gonna we're gonna express our feelings
2: yeah i'm gonna
1: let them know hey give me a jacket a hat give me something (laughs) (laughs) sticker
0: (laughs) well guys i hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as i had it has been a great time make sure you check us out on the houndsman xp website where you can find all of our merch all of our gear be sure to look at the new Houndsman XP Competition Extreme Dog Box we just released. You can get that in the powder coat black. You can get it in the naked form, your plain diamond plate aluminum. It is a sexy box. Make sure you get on there. You know, get yourself a hat, get a tumbler, anything you can do to support the Houndsman XP. Support the people who are supporting you and what we do, guys. Once again, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. It's been a blast, and uh, I hope I don't draw either one of you. But if I do.
1: <laughs> You want to draw me. (laughs) I hope you win.
0: (laughs) All right, guys, that's enough here from us. Thank you for listening to the Deep and Lonely Podcast. We'll catch you next time.
2: Thank you.